The Green Bay Packers lost another ugly one, a 24 to 10 shellacking at the hands of the Minnesota Vikings. They can't stop getting in their own way. And right now, their best players are not contributing at a level they need to. We're going to talk about all of it today on our live show. You are locked on Packers. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You were Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for the Leap. A newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, to iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. The number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked on Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. The Green Bay Packers can't stop shooting themselves in the foot. They can't help themselves, it seems, whether it's drops, whether it's missed assignments, whether it's penalties offensively, defensively, whether it's schematic, offensive, or defensive, or special teams. They are just one of the least disciplined teams in the NFL. It's hard to think. Watching the game every week, week to week, I have seen a less disciplined group this season. The Arizona Cardinals stink. They have no talent. They set themselves up for success schematically better than Green Bay, and they make fewer boneheaded mistakes than Green Bay. Fewer mental errors, fewer physical errors, despite not being as gifted. 11 penalties for 99 yards. In this game, all of them, crucial penalties. Even the play where the Packers were right on a challenge on Jordan Addison, they get flagged for an unnecessary roughness hit. Now, a soft call to be sure. And in the first half, I thought this game was officiated ridiculous. It was poorly officiated and nearly every call went against Green Bay. But on the first drive, multiple penalties set you back. And then... You, because Josh Myers whiffs on a third and one, just a miss block. On the second drive, Aaron Jones drops a swing pass, probably as a first down, second and six. You probably pick that up. Next play, Luke Musgrave drops a third down. That's a would-be first down. And then the third drive, Love misses Jaden Reed, open, doesn't throw it, takes a sack, has Dontavian Wicks potentially open for a first down on third and long, doesn't throw it, tries to run and can't pick up the first down. That typifies what's going on with this offense right now. It just typifies what is going on. It's If it's not penalties, it's drops. So if it's not the discipline issues, it's physical mistakes. And if it's not a physical mistake, it's a mental mistake. You've got a third and one. And you throw an RPO, and no one, no one runs. No one runs the RPO. And it's, oh, by the way, it is a walk-in first down. Like the Vikings are playing off. You've got three receivers to a side. 
Everyone goes on and blocks. No one runs the read. Jordan Love is expecting someone to run the pass of the run pass option. And no one does. He makes an unbelievable play to evade a sack, throw up a beautiful ball to Romeo Dobbs on the sideline. He makes a terrific catch on the sidelines and none of it counts because you have an illegal man downfield. Now, again, a soft call given the circumstances. Rashid Walker was not blocking anybody, clearly did not know where the ball was. I, I tend to like penalties to create an advantage. If you're going to call a penalty on someone, it should be because you they created an advantage. That's the point of a penalty. But they didn't lose because of the penalties. They lost because they can't stop shooting themselves in the foot. They can't stop making these sorts of errors. And the coaching is not helping. Nothing creative. It seemed after those first couple drives where you have the, you know, no one running the RPO, it seemed on first watch that you didn't have guys all running in the same area, but like fourth and goal. I couldn't tell if Jordan Love was throwing to Romeo Dobbs or Jaden Reed because they're right in the same vicinity. Terrible spacing. If that's the call, it's a bad call. You've got a cluster of defenders in there and, and you're asking Jordan Love to be perfect. It just doesn't work like that. And, and Kirk Benker tweeted it out, who, by the way, you know, I understand you, you want to, you know, degrade some people do anyway, a third string quarterback. And I didn't, you know, I, I didn't think all the stuff he said about Matt LaFleur was something that I needed to be like, oh, that means Matt LaFleur is a bad coach. He's been defending Jordan Love because this is a difficult situation to be in. They had to go from Rasheed Walker to Yash Nyman and then back to Rasheed Walker, who promptly false starts on the first drive back in the game. It, it was just that kind of game where you have, the, you know, someone makes a great play and it's called back on penalty. Or you have the perfect look and you miss a throw. Like the interception to Jaden Reed, you can't put that ball any further out front because the safety had actually overrun it and, and was coming to the, I think they were it, without 22, all 22, it's hard to know for sure. But if you watch the replay, the DB to that side, when Josh Metellus makes the interception, is actually behind Jaden Reed. So if the ball is any further upfield, it's an interception or you get Jaden Reed lit up. And if it's any further inside, now you're bringing in the opposite hash safety with a chance to make a play on that ball. So you throw it right behind the ear hole of the safety. Jaden Reed gets two hands on the ball. You've got to make that play. Drops were a huge part of the game. Missed throws. Uh, uh, you know, I would say to a lesser extent, Jordan Love missed some throws once the game was out of reach, or at least once they were down two scores. I didn't think this was a game that the Packers lost because Jordan Love didn't play great. It was a, it was a game because Jordan, it was the game they lost because Jordan Love didn't play great and because they cannot stand to have a game where Jordan Love doesn't play great because the receivers are not playing well. Third and 16, you throw a 50-50 ball on a slot fade to Christian Watson who doesn't even get both hands up to make a play. He, he has got to be the smallest 6'5 receiver in the league. He, he made a couple nice plays in contested catch situations last year. And I think that that spoiled, certainly fooled me into thinking that that was something that could be part of his repertoire. Twice in this game, he had a chance at contested catches. And twice, he, he basically, on the, on the first one, had made no attempt. 
And on the second one, gets both hands on it, cannot come down with it. I mean, there were five or six throws in this game where the Packers have a guy that gets two hands on the ball. They can't make the play. Dontavian Wicks at the goal line. Packers had the ball twice inside the 20. Twice inside the 20 and get no points. Twice inside the 20 and get no points in part because of things like drops, penalties. They, they had a shot to make this a game in the second half. The defense gets the turnover. They get the field goal block. They had opportunities. Packers had some opportunities. They can't capitalize on them right now because they just don't play clean football. They're poorly coached. Joe Barry, I can't watch it anymore. I can't watch it anymore. Matt LaFleur, there's nothing creative in the low red zone. Nothing creative, nothing unique. We forget about playing like the Dolphins. This team plays so boring offensively. So boring. This is the opposite of what we thought the Matt LaFleur offense would be. If anything, it seems like they've leaned into some of the, the core Aaron Rodgers stuff. Like, let's go into drop back game, get back mode, rather than going in the bag and try to dial up a special. I mean, I appreciate it in the second half and in these end long situations, they're just heaving it. Let's just try and get a defensive pass interference rather than trying to get eight yards on third and 16. Try and go get all of it. Give Christian Watson a chance to go make a play. Give Romeo Dobbs a chance to go make a play. Romeo Dobbs, Dobbs drop on the sideline on an out route. It's just, it's bad offense. It's bad defense. I don't know where this team thinks they're going, but right now they're going into the top five in the draft order. That's where we're going. And one of the biggest reasons is that their best players right now are not showing up. We're going to talk about that more in just a second here on our live post-game show on Locked on Packers. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at eBay Motors. You have an opportunity because Vinny Iyer is going to help you to win your fantasy football championship, to bring you the best fantasy picks each week. That's what Vinny's going to do. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire every week, we're going to provide you players that are a guaranteed fit on your roster. So let's see who Vinny has picked out on this week's eBay's guaranteed fit fantasy pick of the week. Saints quarterback Derek Carr hasn't had the most promising start to the season in reality or fantasy with his new wide receivers, but there's a path for Carr to put up pleasing numbers starting in week eight in Indianapolis. Hit some big plays in this game. The Colts can contain the run well at times, but their secondary is weak and their pass rush is inconsistent. With the work of wide receivers, Chris Olave, Rasheen Shahid, and Michael Thomas winning their matchups, Carr can have his best day downfield passing, adding up to a sneaky good start in fantasy football, either as a deep, deep league streamer or DFS tournament play. Keep an eye on the Saints offense. They might be heating up a little bit here. Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. It's the same with your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Motors guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, and some exclusions 
do apply. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked On Packers their first listen every day. Football season is here, and football on Locked On is kicking up our coverage with Locked On NFL Kickoff Live. Each Friday, Locked On will go live at 2 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On NFL YouTube channel. Host Anitra Batiste, Jarvis Davis, and Kyle Krabs will break down every game on the NFL slate to get you ready for your team's matchups, your fantasy lineups, your betting angles, and more. Plus, get the in-depth local analysis from our stable of NFL hosts across the country who know these teams better than anyone else. Find Locked On NFL Kickoff Live every Friday at 2 p.m. East on any Locked On NFL YouTube channel. Who are the best players on the Green Bay Packers right now? Just, just name them. Just, just throw out a name. Let me hear them. Let me hear them. I, I would say Jair Alexander would be at the top of the list. Ryan Rosillo on his podcast just did a draft of all the best players on every team. And he picked Jair Alexander. And it was the right pick. And yet, this season, Jair has not just not played like an all-pro. He has not been a net positive for this team. He, ever since the injury, has not tackled in run support. He's not creating the explosives with pass breakups and interceptions. Part of that is Joe Barry, where on third and eight on the first on the first drive of the game for the Vikings, he's playing 15 yards off, and it's just pitch and catch on third and eight. You're just letting Jordan Addison run a comeback at, at eight yards and, and you easy first down? Like, why? Now, I know some of that is on Joe Barry, but, but like, you're Jair Alexander. You can play however you want to play. So what what exactly is is going on here? I know he's hurt right now, dealing with injury. But then if you're hurt, be hurt and go on IR. Let the back heal. Give it some time. And, and, and the Packers trainers are culpable here as well. I've been not hearing some great things about the trainers. Rashawn Gary, certainly one of the best players on this team. He, he had a, a tackle for loss in this game but was generally not a hugely impactful player against a very good offensive tackle group. You need Rashawn Gary in a game like this where you, you are struggling offensively. You needed the sack fumble from Rashawn Gary. Preston Smith ultimately comes up with it and only because, really, you're playing with a backup quarterback. I mean, the Packers played against a backup quarterback for a quarter and made up exactly zero points on the scoreboard. Think about that. And, and they let Jaron Hall do some stuff. But he had a sack fumble, three and out, and you can't do anything with it. Defensively, like Kenny Clark, by his standards, not having a great year. He's not been bad by any means, but he has not been down-to-down -down impactful in the way that the top players at the positions are and the way that he's getting paid. And the way that I have talked about him on the show for years, I kept saying Kenny Clark is, is perennially underrated. And he is. And he is underrated. Or at least he was. Right now, he's not playing to his potential. He's not playing to his best. David Bakhtiari is hurt. So you're not getting anything from him. Now, that's not his fault per se. Do you guys know how many carries Aaron Jones had in this game? I understand the score got away from them a little bit, but this was a 10-3 game at halftime. Aaron Jones had seven carries in this game. 
Seven. Seven carries for 29 yards, average over four yards a carry. Do you know how many carries A.J. Dillon had? Six. Do you know how many yards he had? 11. Less than two yards a carry. That sort of stuff just can't happen. Now, he, Aaron Jones did have four catches. They tried to get him going on the one on the one touchdown drive. I thought they used Aaron Jones the best way you can use Aaron Jones. A little bit of run from the gun, then schemed up touches. Swing on an RPO from, from Pony. Where, where is that? Where's that RPO been all year? They haven't been running our RPOs all year. We saw a couple of RPOs in this game. You have A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. Use them. Fake the inside zone give and throw the little swing to Aaron Jones in space. Let him go create opportunities. Throwback screens. They ran They ran at least three swings or screens on the touchdown drive to Aaron Jones. Get him the ball. They aren't doing it. And then Christian Watson was supposed to be a superstar. Had a rookie season that portended, like the only other guys that produced on a route run basis, like Christian Watson, in his rookie season, have gone on to become truly star players. Like, they're the best players. Have rookie seasons like Christian Watson did. He changed this offense. Let's not be revisionist history on what happened. He fundamentally changed the way this offense could play last year with Aaron Rodgers and Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb and all the veterans. He and Aaron Rodgers, who did not seem like he wanted to give Christian Watson any compliments, he said, Christian Watson changed our offense. Where is that guy? Eight targets, three catches. Now, one of them on that, on that rail shot, Jordan Love just misses him. I thought Christian Watson, there was a great bit Andrew Hawkins did, former Browns receiver, um, about accelerating out of the break. Christian Watson does not accelerate out of his breaks. He sort of like, he gets out of his break and then starts to look for the ball rather than accelerating out of his break to start looking for the ball. And so like, this was a play, Jordan Love had Romeo Dobbs wide open, but Dobbs is like slowing down. He's he's in the clear, he's slowed down. Jordan Love leads him. Romeo Dobbs has to try and gear back up to go get the ball and he can't do it. Romeo Dobbs is supposed to be one of your best players. He had a drop in this game. He's supposed to be the stabilizing force on this offense, nine targets, four catches. Jaden Reed was by far the best receiver on the field today for the Green Bay Packers. And that's been true a couple of times now this year. He's, and, and, and he even had the drop that turned into an interception, just had the ball ripped away from him. I don't know why Dontavian Wicks isn't playing more. If he needs to play more instead of Christian Watson, and they're using Jaden Reed vertically enough that I think that that's a reasonable thing to do. I want to see Wicks play more because he can block. And I just, I like what he brings to this offense, though he had that drop. Even he had that drop at the goal line. Like, what are you supposed to do? And the, the tweet that I mentioned earlier, Kurt Benkert said, how many quarterbacks would succeed in the same circumstances as Jordan Love right now? It's a pretty short list. Now, now that's not to say that there aren't part of Jordan Love is not part of the driver here of the problems. He's missed some throws, to be sure. But there's so many things going wrong with this offense. I just, 
You need more from Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs. You need more from Aaron Jones. And that's a Matt LaFleur problem. He's got to get Aaron Jones the ball. 11 touches is just not enough in a game where you're you're losing the whole game. So I understand you don't, you can't you can't hand him the ball. But then why is AJ Dillon leading the team in receptions? Like when you're in that 11 personnel trying to come back, why is Aaron Jones not the guy who's getting the swing routes, the checkdowns? What? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. What is happening? Why is that the decision that they're making? I don't understand it. And so I'm going to add Matt LaFleur to this list. Your, the, the things that were supposed to be best about this team. David Bakhtiari and the offensive line. They've not played great. Aaron Jones, not getting opportunities. Christian Watson, both not getting opportunities and not playing well. David Bakhtiari, hurt. Jair Alexander, hurt and not playing well. Kenny Clark, not playing well. Rashawn Gary, hurt. Now he's recovering from an injury. He's ramping up. I can't, it's hard for me to blame Rashawn Gary. But like you're also not getting enough from Lucas Van Ness, first round pick. Five pressures in week one. I think he has zero since then. Not been an impact player. Not getting enough. Quay Walker on the blitz. This, this defense on the blitz is terrible. I have never seen a team blitz more and create fewer un, unblocked rushers than the Packers. I it, It's it's unfathomable to me how often they send five or more and they still get blocked. It's both obviously tele, uh, tele why can't I think of it? Telegraphed. Tele, I almost said telemarketed. That, it might as well be. It might as well be telemarketed at this point. It's like telepathic. No, that's not it. I'm just, I don't know what to do about the defense. I'm, I'm, I almost wanted to do a whole segment on it. We will probably do a whole segment on it this week. Probably do a whole show on it this week. This, this Packers team is not getting enough from its best players. And when you combine that with all the mistakes from the ancillary pieces, you have a team that right now is in a position to add a blue chip player in the draft because they're right now drafting in the top five. We're going to talk about that in a second. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at DoorDash. Get 50% off up to a $10 value when you, when you spend $15 or more on your first order at DoorDash. Football Sunday is the best time to use DoorDash. Some wings, some fries, pizza. I mentioned last time, topper sticks. If you do not live near a topper's pizza, you are missing out. I'd, I'd just get topper sticks as a snack. Forget, I don't need the pizza. Just I just want the topper sticks. Please and thank you. It is a and and you can get not just food, support your local businesses, all those great things. Grocery delivery on DoorDash, you can do that as well. Again, football Sunday, I got to work, I got to do a lot of stuff. And if I'm gonna, if I'm going to make chili, something I do often on Sundays, I might forget an onion. Well, I only have half. I need a whole onion. I can DoorDash it. I can DoorDash it. It is a great opportunity for you to. Get what you need without doing the work. Get up to 50% off, up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23. That's subject to change in terms of apply. Don't forget, code LOCKED23 for 50% off, up to a $10 value on that first order when you download the DoorDash app. 
And thanks to everyone who makes Locked On Packers their first listen every day. Every dayers, we are back this week. Another one, another game. They're going to keep playing. By the way, you get 17. So they got the Rams. Matthew Stafford is hurt. They just got the, their doors blown off by the Dallas Cowboys. So, okay, got to go get a win. Got to go get a win. Or, or do you? Or do you? Do you? And that's the position this team is in right now. Do you have to get a win? Right now, the Packers, they're behind the Bears, who they play later in the season. They're behind the Panthers, who they play later in the season. If the Packers really wanted to go for this, they could, they could go. They could be in the Drake May, Caleb Williams sweepstakes if they wanted to be. Marvin Harrison Jr., The question I think that you have to ask is if they are in that position, is it because of Jordan Love not being the guy? Or have you failed to properly evaluate Jordan Love because of everything else going on around him? That is, uh, we've been saying this all year. The worst case scenario is you get to the end of the year and you do not feel like you have a solid eval on Jordan Love. That is the worst case scenario. And that is where we're headed right now because it is so hard for me to put even the majority of the offensive struggles on Jordan Love right now. But I can't also say that I feel with full confidence that he is a franchise quarterback. It's pretty hard for me to balance those two things. If you had to ask me today, should they tank? No, I don't think they should tank. But if they end up being in a position to be a top five team, it will be because this team is just not very good and they should probably just say, okay, it's time to rebuild. And that will not be a reflection of Jordan Love necessarily. Because even if everything around him is bad and Jordan Love is not great, well, then you're not in a position anyway to issue drafting a top quarterback. That's just the reality of the situation. So you should just start over because even if you're like, oh, well, we'll see. We have Jordan Love for another year cheap as an organization. You can say that, but then you got to pay him after that. And most times quarterbacks don't just go into one year. So you could just get, if you could get Drake May or Caleb Williams, you would do it. I'm I'm not in like intentionally lose mode. But right now, yeah, this team looks like they need an influx of high-end talent. So I think I still, I'm still a believer in Jordan Love as someone who can be your starting quarterback and you can win games with him. I look at a team like San Francisco and I don't think the difference between Jordan Love and Brock Purdy is much of anything at all. And Brock Purdy, we were talking about two weeks ago as a top 10 quarterback. I wasn't, but other people were. When the circumstances are better, what does he look like? Not just, not just great, better. Better than terrible. Because the circumstances right now are terrible. So if you could draft Marvin Harrison Jr., the tackle from Penn State, Someone like that that can help whoever is going to be the quarterback. 
even if it's not Jordan Love, you give yourself a position to then put a quarterback in there at some point. Well, now that's a really nice place to be as a as an organization. I want them to keep trying to win because that's the only way you're going to get a read on what Jordan Love is. And they don't have any young guys to play. So what does tanking look like? Like they don't have, they don't have to like sit Mercedes Lewis so that Luke Musgrave can play. They're already playing. So they're just going to keep doing this. They may tank by accident, but then we'll know where they are as an organization. We'll know where they are as a team, as a roster. And I'll have to, I'll have to eat a lot of, a lot of crap. Because right now they look like a rebuilding team. Now, I don't think they thought they were. But it seems like right now, David Bakhtiari was right. That whether they think they're rebuilding or not, they're rebuilding. At least right now, that's the circumstance that they find themselves in. And, you know, they can that can change. That can change in a hurry, in a week. We saw the Minnesota Vikings in two weeks go from, they're dead, they're tanking for Caleb Williams, they're going to trade Kirk Cousins. To hey, they're in the they're in a playoff race now. The Packers are not. The Packers are not. But that doesn't mean they should be actively trying to lose games. I'm I'm almost never gonna go there. There's enough talent on this team that I think with a coaching change on the defensive side, I'd like to see Matt LaFleur bring in some offensive coaching. Just some guys who are gonna give him some new ideas, push this offense forward a little bit. This offense was at its best when they had Nathaniel Hackett in the building, not because I think Nathaniel Hackett was a great coach, but because Nathaniel Hackett came from a different system and they were able to put their, their brains together. And it's pretty clear they do need some help talent-wise as well. All right, back tomorrow, Expert Tuesday. Is how you doing on Wednesday, crossover Thursday, and back at an interview on Friday. I didn't do an interview this past Friday. I just had too much to say about where this team is. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to come hang out with us live like we are right now on our YouTube page, come subscribe on our Locked on Packers YouTube page so you can stay Locked on Packers.